Thanks for tuning in. This is uh, episode number 42. Today we are in Luke chapter 15 as we make our way through the 24 chapters of Luke uh, and coming to the end at Christmas. So I want to thank you for tuning in. If you've been following this, uh, I appreciate you taking the time. If if this is maybe your first visit to this podcast, I welcome you and I hope the Lord speaks through it and uh, ministers to your heart. So we'll just jump right in. Uh, Luke chapter 15. It says, Now the tax collectors and sinners were all gathering around to hear Jesus. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. Then Jesus told them this parable. Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Doesn't he leave the ninety-nine in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it. And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. Then he calls his friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me, I have found my lost sheep. I tell you that in the same way there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over ninety-nine righteous persons who do not need to repent. Hmm. That's interesting. He says, In the same way, there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. What do you hear in that? Verse 8. Or suppose a woman has ten silver coins and loses one. Doesn't she light a lamp, sweep the house, and search carefully until she finds it? And when she finds it, she calls her friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me, I have found my lost coin. In the same way, I tell you, there is rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. Verse 11, Jesus continued, There was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Notice that. See, that's a, that's a piece of the story that I actually missed for years. So he divided his property between them. Not just the one son received his portion. It was given, divided up between them. Verse 13, Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had, set off for a distant country, and there squandered his wealth in wild living. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in that whole country. And he began to be in need. Hmm. 
So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him to his fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. When he, <clears throat> when he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am, starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. Make me, um, excuse me, verse 19, I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants. So notice, when he was planning this out, he said, I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. He got to that part in what he planned out to say. But what he wasn't permitted to say was make me like one of your higher servants. The father didn't let him say that. It says, verse 22, But the father said to his servants, Quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. Meanwhile, the older son was in the field. When he came near the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called one of his servants and asked him what was going on. Your brother has come, he replied, and your father has killed the fattened calf because he has him back safe and sound. The older brother became angry and refused to go in. So his father went out and pleaded with him. But he answered his father, Look, all these years I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders. Yet you never gave me even a young goat so I could celebrate with, friend, with my friends. But when this son of yours, who has squandered your property with prostitutes, comes home, you kill the fattened calf for him. My son, the father said, you are always with me, and everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad, because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. Something very important to notice within this chapter 15. We have a lost sheep, we have a lost coin, and we have a lost son. What, what do all three of these stories, these parables, have in common? The, the item, the coin, the animal, the sheep, 
and the son, the person, there's no issue of ownership. But what is at it but what is the issue is proximity. They are in a place that is removed from the owner, or in the case of the son, the father, the one to whom they belong. So rather than seeing these parables, these teachings of Jesus as examples or demonstrations of salvation, see them as lessons, teachings, as it relates to nearness. You see, I've always, I've always thought, grown up thinking, especially this, this parable of this lost son, I've seen it as, as this, um, you know, the son was dead and now alive and, you know, this transformation as it relates to salvation and, you know, that's, that's fine, well, and good. But, but really I see this more now through the lens of, no, the, the issue is he didn't, he never knew what he had access to by way of nearness to the father. I think this is the story of many of our lives as Christians, as as followers of Christ. We live in this place that we we are ignorant of what richness we have by way of intimacy with God, by way of proximity, nearness. And we actually see this theme played out in the older brother because remember he became angry he didn't want to go in and celebrate this son why because this son had been spending everything that he had on prostitutes and squandered the property and and he said i never disobeyed you and i've been slaving for you that tells us right there that he didn't he had a he had a misappropriation of how he saw himself he had a uh, had a servant or a slave mentality rather than a son mentality now i want to kind of cue you in to to what the father said he said Son, you are always with me. And everything I have is yours. Now that is profound. And I think that plays right in to the issue that we see in this parable and the preceding ones, the lost coin and the lost sheep. It's about being displaced from. It's about the absence of nearness and the son the this this angry older brother 
The father said to him, You are always with me, and everything I have is yours. He had access to everything that the father had. But he, one of his issues was that you've never even given me a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But then if you just connect that straight to what the father said to him, he said, everything I have is yours. So he had access to every young goat, every fattened calf, everything that the father had, he had access to. How, how much is this true of our lives in Christ? We have an infinite treasure trove of, of access, yet we, we remain on the, on the outskirts with this mentality of, of poverty, of, of absentness. We, th- we stand on the outside and we look in, wishing and hoping and praying that we could find this fulfillment. <clears throat> but we don't, we don't realize that everything that he has, we have access to. So I would just I would just challenge you to, you know, in this closing, to just let that be a resounding statement in your heart. Everything that Father God has is ours. I mean, if you just think about what we have in Christ, he was given so that we may be restored to the Father. And if, if, if Jesus himself is heaven's infinite, um, uncreated God himself, what riches we have. I'm not talking about, we're not talking about dollar bills. Although financial um, surety can absolutely be a part of that, but it, but it, it is so much greater than just money. The richness of everything that God has to offer, we have access to because He is our Father. Now, just like good and responsible fathers, they know what is best for their children and they appropriate things to them at rightful ages of responsibility. Because if you give a child the keys to a car, that would be a tragedy and much harm would come to them. But at the appropriate age they would have access to something that they didn't have access to in in their young state. So the same, I believe, is true of, of our Father. We have infinite access, but in His infinite knowledge and wisdom, He can appropriate that 
in the way that he knows to be best. So as we close that out, I just uh, encourage you to keep that in the front of your mind. Remind yourself of that um, every moment um, as you go through life and its many challenges. So I hope this uh, ministers to your heart. I pray that um, you receive fresh insight and revelation of who God is and who we have in Christ Jesus. And until next time, God bless.